This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I mean, I like your butt. Thank you. And I also like your soul. Oh. Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. And we're both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which is a show I absolutely love, grew up with it. But I, on the other hand, have never seen Gilmore Girls, which is one of Stacey's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. And this week, we watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 18, Killed by Death. As well as Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 18, Back in the Saddle Again. This was a, a tough one. These yeah. were, um, I feel, about the same level of goodness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is not great, not bad. Yeah, um, I thought I was going to really dislike this Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode going into it, but I actually liked it. It had a lot of stuff I had forgotten was in it that wasn't like Monster of the Week specific. Mm-hmm. And I thought for sure it was like going to win because I was like, oh, I actually like this a lot more than I thought it was. But then I liked a lot of Gilmore. So I was like, oh, I, I guess I don't know which is going to win. Maybe we'll figure it out when we talk about it. Yeah. What's been going on with you, Stace? Uh, we flipped the calendar recently. Yes, and we got the food that was on the calendar. A little backstory. Here we have a calendar in the kitchen, which has a different yummy-looking food every month. And I make a big production out of flipping the calendar on the first day of every month. And Brian just loves it. Yep. It's his favorite time of the year. 12 times a year. (laughs) I'm kidding. I think Brian hates that I'm excited. But there's nothing much to be excited about these days. That is not... False. And this month, it's a Reuben sandwich, and we got one. Yeah. We got two slightly different Reubens, and they mm-hmm. were good. None of the, No one cares about this shit. <laughs> Write us if you care, or um, what, what you want to know. Do you have any questions about us? We are running out of things to talk about in this section of the podcast. Yeah. Or tell us to just shut the fuck up and get to the episodes. Don't say that. Don't say that. If you feel that way... Fuck you. Fuck you. Brian, is anything new with you? Yeah, I'm getting pretty good at my Dragon Ball Z game. Yeah? And I started playing people online, and I am I guess I've been told that some of the stuff I yell might be um, misconceived by our neighbors. Oh, you mean like daddy's home? It's just I when I'm knocking somebody out of the game and they thought they were better than me, it just feels great to say, and daddy's home. Yeah, I mean, that's not the only thing you say. You also <laughs> say some very mean and loud things to the video game characters. I do say, get the fuck out of my house a lot. Yes. It sounds like I'm constantly throwing you out. It sounds like you're a daddy just like taking over people's houses. That's not nice. All right, that's enough about us, guys. I know what you guys are here for. You're here for the episode breakdown, so let's get into it. So this week we started with Buffy. Stacy, tell us about Killed by Death. So this is an episode where Buffy gets sick and has to go to the hospital. Some children are mysteriously dying and Buffy fights the thing that's killing them. Death. And Angel is still there. Yeah, and Angel comes to visit her like a real good guy. <laughs> so it opens on Buffy hunting in the graveyard, as most episodes do. She seems kind of like sleepy sad, but we quickly realize that she's actually sick. Her friends luckily show up to tell us this, or we would never know what's wrong with her. But this is a bad, bad flu. Half the school is out, they say. I'm surprised, like, they didn't talk to her, like, hey, we're gonna patrol for you. I guess some of them have killed vampires, but, like, that seems not safe. That seems more dangerous than no one patrolling. Yeah, I mean, they all have, like, crosses. Right, but, like, I don't know. Buffy has to patrol every night? Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy that there's, like, that much vampiric activity happening in this town. Especially, like, who's making the vampires right now? Angel? 
If Angel's making the vampires, we needed to address how many people he's killing. Well, that's the thing. Buffy now has, like, a lot of desire. Like, she now suddenly feels bad about all the people he's been killing since she didn't kill him, which is why she's insisting on being out there when they're like, no, Buffy, you're sick. Yeah, she doesn't want anyone to die in her watch anymore because it's sort of her fault. But then, boom. Angel's there. He fights Buffy. Well, their stunt doubles fight each other. <laughs> Buffy's stunt double must be sick, too, because she's not fighting very well. The sickness is, like, really affecting her. And Angel's like, cool, cool. I got this. And it's not really looking great for Buffy. Angel's ready to, like, kill her, I guess. He's decided it's time to stop torturing and start biting. But luckily, all three of her friends, like, tackle him and show their crosses to him. And he's like, oh, ew, I hate that. I'm out. And then Buffy collapses to the ground. So they carry Buffy to the hospital. Giles and her mom show up. Joyce is obviously concerned for her daughter. But you'd think her very next question after finding out that her daughter's mostly okay would be, why is your school librarian here? Why is he always around? Are you banging him? I know you're into older dudes. Like, she really has no qualms about this teacher being, like, such good friends with her daughter that he can't came to the hospital to see her late at night. And he was there the last time Joyce was in the hospital. That's even weirder. Yeah. I would be like, can you spend less time with my daughter, maybe? Seems like Bobby's going to be fine. The doctors say they want to keep her a couple days. Even though she's fine, her fever starts taking over, and she's just, like, babbling about all kinds of stuff, including needing to kill the vampires. <laughs> right in front of the doctors and her mom. Her friends are like, yeah, it must be the fever. And Giles is like, yes, uh, kill the vampires. We'll, we'll do that later. Uh-huh. Um, best to play along. Good save, Giles. What are you doing here? Then they sedate Buffy, which is common when you have someone with the flu. Yeah. Everyone who gets COVID, they sedate them immediately. Joyce tells everyone that Buffy hates hospitals because her cousin Cecilia died in a hospital when they were eight years old. And Buffy was like all alone with her when it happened. Why? Who's leaving an eight-year-old alone in a hospital with another child? That is a good question. Buffy's mom takes Giles aside to remind him how not weird it is that he hangs out with her daughter. Yeah. And she, like, thanks him for being here and for looking after Buffy and all the kids and says she's sorry to hear about Jenny dying. Are Joyce and Giles gonna... Like, that would make sense because then Giles could be, like, her new daddy. Their name would be, um, either... Giles. Yeah, it'd be Giles. <laughs> Or Boyce. What, Boyce. Where is the B coming from? Goyce. <laughs> I was thinking of Buffy and Joyce, which that happens, and that is very intense. Ew. Buffy wakes up in the night. She sees a little boy staring at her from the doorway. And now knowing all the secrets of the episode, it's actually super weird that he did that. Like, yeah. He's just walking by a girl's room and stares at her. So he leaves, and he's followed by like a real creepy-looking dude with a big underbite. Buffy gets up to investigate, and then she has like a flashback of walking around a hospital as a child, seeing sort of some scary things, but she wasn't wandering around for real. It was just a dream. Then she gets up, rips out her IV to go investigate for real, and a dead dead child is being wheeled out of the group child room. Hmm. She overhears a doctor talking about his controversial experimental treatments. Hmm. He's been raising their temperatures. What? And then the boy and another girl tell Buffy, he comes at night. The grown-ups don't see him. He killed her. He's going to kill us. Buffy's like, who? And they're like, death. They talk like normal children. Yeah. But they're a little eerie at this point, I would say. Yeah, it's definitely got that, like, Nightmare on Elm Street slash Sixth Sense kind of vibe from the kids. There's a big Sixth Sense vibe this whole episode, I would say. Oh, yeah, because they can see dead people kind of thing. Yeah. But also it's got, like, a, a Nightmare on Elm Street kind of vibe because of the music and the way it's shot. The way and he, also, like, taps with his long fingers on the door at some point. Yeah, and just, like, the idea of, like, dragging the body when no one can see it. Mm-hmm. 
that was like, oh, this is Freddy. This episode's a few days long, and Xander basically doesn't sleep the whole time because he's like staying at the hospital. Just like Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? Well, you don't want to go to sleep around Freddy. Oh, right, 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 right. But he's more worried about Angel than death. Yeah. Angel can come in because hospitals are public places, and uh, he does. He walks in with a little flower. That's his way to seem innocent, I guess. <laughs> Usually they just give someone a stuffed animal or a sucker in this show, but Angel's a flower. Yep, yep. He gets all in Xander's face. He's like, you think you can stop me? And Xander's like, probably not, but you have like a lot of people to get past, so I don't know if it's like a super good idea. And last time he beat you with like a coat and some crosses, so. Yeah, and Angel's all like, oh, you love her. You hate that I got to do her instead of you. And then Xander's like, you're going to die and I'm going to be there, which I believe him. They wouldn't say something like that if it wasn't true. Yeah. I mean, that's that feels like a prophecy. Yeah. Just saying. I'm not going to say what happens to Angel. Good. I don't want you to. Or anyone. None of you tell me. But I hope I don't have to wait all seven seasons. We get another flashback of Buffy playing superhero with her cousin, and she saves her. But then it turns into another scary hospital flashback, and Buffy wakes up. Can we talk for a second about the music used in this episode? Sure. They've used it in previous episodes, too. And it's definitely, like, the cheapest, like, royalty-free, like, YouTube video music. Like, I've heard it a thousand times. Like, it's probably an episode of Goosebumps. Oh, it's in every episode of Goosebumps. All right, guys, this scene's supposed to be scary. Cue up the free scary music dot wave. (laughs) Remember wave? This might be a wave file. When Buffy wakes up, the doctor's there and tells her she's doing better. She can't leave yet. Her friends come to visit. They bring all kinds of gifts. Giles brings grapes in a paper bag that he's eating? (laughs) What? Part of me thinks he, like Cordelia, didn't realize he was supposed to bring a gift and was like, uh, here's some fruit in a bag. Yeah, it's a big joke that Cordelia didn't know you were supposed to bring a gift. And Giles like, gifts are traditional among uh, people. But yeah, it it feels like he maybe just grabbed his lunch from his car. (laughs) Can we just say that Cordelia is, like, on fire this episode? I feel like she has so many funny lines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or lines about her, too, not just her. I think she's, like, a really good source of humor in this episode. Yeah, for sure. Buffy tells them about the dead girl and the creepy doctor and the death man, and they're all like, Buffy, what? Mystical stuff? What are you talking about? They did this all the time in season one. Like, every episode they would doubt that it could be something supernatural, but we thought we were beyond that. I feel like they sort of are, though, because I felt the same way. But then I feel like they were all like, you know what? Uh, we should look into it, though, just in case, because, you know, we keep being wrong about it. Yeah, but Cordelia's like, you sure you're not, like, creating a fantasy enemy to deal with your hospital stress? Which was also hilarious. And then Giles yells at her for not having any tact. Giles is, like, on her ass this episode. <laughs> yeah. So is Xander. Um, um, visually. Giles and Will are at the library. Giles is here, like, maybe Buffy's crazy. Like, she could just be making all this up. And then I was like, or hello, it's the Hellmouth, like, everything. And this was not the first time in our TV watching experience where I yelled at the TV too soon. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to the other time. (laughs) Because then Willow immediately is like, yeah, Giles, remember? Weird stuff happens. All your books, all the other episodes that aren't about vampires? (laughs) And he's like, well, maybe the kids think that the doctor is death because, like, little brains are soft and dumb. And that's what they're talking about. So they do some research on the doctor. They find out he's, like, known for all kinds of risky and scary things. Giles uses the word Wiggins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Xander and Cordelia are breaking into, like, the records room to find out information. They get caught by this security guard who Cordelia flirts her way out of it with. This guard, like, loves the doctor that they're all researching. He says he understands the truth about about children and that sometimes they die. This dude's also such a loser. 
I remembered him from a few episodes of Boy Meets World where he plays like uh, the dad's grocery store assistant. Xander wants to stay again to make sure that Angel doesn't hurt Buffy. And he's super jealous of Cordelia flirting with the security guard. He, she was doing this for you. Clearly she's not into this like pathetic security guard she just met. Yeah, I know. I thought that was dumb that he was actually jealous. If the security guard was like hot as shit or something, like, okay, sure, maybe. But like this guy was not a threat to you. And Cordelia calls him out on his like obsession with Buffy and says he's looking at her ass all the time. And he's like, I'm not going to deny that. That's kind of an interesting thing, right? Because Angel essentially lets the audience know that he still, at least in part, loves Buffy. And we sort of got an inkling of that in the previous episode when that vampire came to life and Buffy shares a moment with Xander. But this thing is like Cordelia's also hitting home that like maybe he's a little bit into Buffy. But she makes it seem like it's just totally superficial and it's not love. Yeah. I guess it could be both. You can, I mean, I like your butt. Thank you. And I also like your soul. Either way, their relationship's not healthy. No, I agree. It's a lot of jealousy and not a lot of romance. That's what happens when you take the supply closets out of a relationship. Mm. Buffy goes to talk to the boy, Ryan, and he's, like, coloring some real creepy shit. And Buffy's like, well, I'm a superhero who fights real monsters, and I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you. And he's like, well, you can't fight death, bitch. He didn't say that. He didn't? But he was very dismissive. He's like, I don't believe you. This is not something you can fix, lady. And then Cordelia shows up with donuts and coffee for Xander and sits with him. I mean, that was obviously her, like, trying to make amends, right? Yeah. And we get a nice shot of her butt. Do we? Yeah. They show, like, the Krispy Kreme donuts, and then it, she, like, moves in front of them and sits down. So it's, like, product placement and ass placement. <laughs> I said it out loud when it happened. That's right. You did. The doctor is up to something. He's got an idea. He goes to his syringe fridge, and <laughs> maybe he is death? Like, he's coming at night to the children's room. I don't know. He seems nice to me. But then he injects something into this girl's IV. But then he hears, like, an airy giggle. Turns around and he gets killed by death. The title. Just like in The Invisible Man. Buffy's like watching this. Yeah, he's it's like all invisible. She can see he's getting like slashed and dragged, but she can't see the death man. Nightmare on Elm Street also has like a dream sequence where somebody like walks past a doorway, which like the kid did. Oh. And so did Freddy. Is this a movie where maybe Johnny Depp is like yeah. thrown around a room? Yes and no. Johnny Depp is in this movie. But he's not the thrown around the room one? No, but he does die in a room. Spoilers for a very old movie. The friends come the next morning. Everyone tells everyone everything they know. Buffy says this monster must be real. But why can she only see him sometimes? Joy shows up. She's like, I feel like I interrupted a secret meeting. And Cordelia's like, haha, you sure did it. That was so funny. It's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> like out of character. But Joyce informs Buffy that the doctor says she can go home now. And Buffy's like, no, I think I want to stay. And Joyce is just like, yeah, okay, I'll go sign the paperwork. You can just stay here and, you know, pay another day's worth of bills. That's fine. It's so funny because... When I saw this as a kid, I thought nothing of that, right? Right. Now, as an adult, having been to a hospital for any amount of time, I'm like, no, you need to get out of there. That is so expensive to just, I don't feel great. Yeah, you had like a two-hour hospital visit about a year ago that has ended your life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still paying it off. Like, I get Buffy's what she wants, but Joyce is just too like, oh, sure, no big deal. Right. My art exhibit insurance is fantastic. (laughs) Buffy starts barking orders to everybody. Giles is supposed to go figure out what the monster looks like based off of the child's drawing. Willow's going to help Buffy. She's conveniently good at medical stuff because her and Xander play doctor all the time. Yeah, it seemed like kind of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, the joke was that they fooled around as children, but Willow's like, no, I legit like was into medical books and would like pretend to diagnose him with stuff. Right. It was funny. But also, like, what? Willow's an expert at medical stuff? Yeah. 
Xander's gonna stay here, of course, to watch for Angel. And he sends Cordelia with Giles. I don't know if he's just trying to get rid of her so he can be alone with Buffy or like if he would... He says it's because Giles needs more help, which is maybe true. I think it is true. It seems like he's trying to be helpful. Yeah. But Giles is like, why do I have to have Cordelia? Uh, I mean, <laughs> cheerio. Willow and Buffy are investigating the dead doctor's stuff. They realize that the doctor was helping the kids. He was trying to raise their temperatures to burn out the fever. Oh no, the person they wanted us to think was the bad guy wasn't again? Yeah, it's kind of like at this point, the first person that has any sus on them, you're like, that's not the killer. Right. Or like, they're not really, really the killer. They might even be bad, but they're not really, really bad. It would have been shocking if like the female doctor was somehow the killer or something. The one that was like nice to Buffy. Yeah, that's true. I also just thought of something like, I'm, the doctor's dead, but do people know that? Yeah, I don't know that it's been, like, no. I don't know that the hospital's a buzz about the doctor's death. Like, the doctor not showing up, or, like, the blood in the room, or the fact that the kids are like, yeah, a monster came and killed the doctor last night. Isn't it weird that he's not here? Don't know. Also, when the monster's killing the doctor, why is Buffy not attacking him? She can't see him, but I guess she would know where he was. Hasn't she fought an invisible thing before? She's fought an invisible woman before, which she just, like, listened real good for. But also, like, it drags the doctor down the hall. And you'd think she'd be like, all right, well, I know you're in front of the doctor. I can, like, hit you and just start punching. Um, she'll feel it if he's there. Right. I guess the difference is she doesn't know what this thing is at all. That's true. She kind of saw it once. And she knew that that girl was just a girl. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Giles and Cordelia are at the library. She's annoying him, asking him what all these different demons do. Um, He's frustrated, but they do find him. Yeah, they're able to research the demon because they find out, luckily enough, that the cover of their book has a picture of the monster looking nothing like the child's drawing. Exactly. But his name is Der Kinderstad. Apparently he's a German man. And he's really into sucking the life out of kids. And he killed the doctor because the doctor was trying to save the kids. He just killed them old-fashioned, stabby, slashy. Right. Not his normal death way. Which is uh, weird. Yeah. They, they find a picture of how he kills people, and it seems disturbing. They keep telling Buffy it's bad, but we don't see it for a little bit. But he starts by pinning them down and then, like, drawing out their life, and it must be horrific for the victim. And Buffy's like, shit, that's what happened to my cousin. Here, watch this flashback. <laughs> Cue free scary music dot wave. So Buffy and Willow realize that you can see this creature when you have a fever. My question is, why does he only kill hospital kids? Like, couldn't he just kill kids anywhere? Does he like sick kids? Yeah, I don't. And part of me thinks that maybe he likes that the kids can see him. He's just like, oh, yeah, I love it when they can see what I'm doing to them. Yeah, maybe he knows this is just like a good breeding ground for feverish children, where otherwise he'd have to go like door to door hoping to find a sick kid. Can he just like travel? Is he like bound by physics otherwise? I mean, yeah, because Buffy beats the shit out of him. So. Yeah. Spoilers. Did you think it was going to kill Buffy? Yeah, Buffy dies this episode. (laughs) So they go to the syringe fridge, and Buffy's just ready to inject this thing, which they say will give her a fever of 107. And Willow's like, no, I know everything about medicine. You have to dilute that. I would not have known that. Buffy was going to slam it like a shot. She does. She drinks it. I mean, it was like going into IVs. Can you just drink something that's meant to be injected? I don't know. I mean, it's weird because I know a lot of viruses, you have to inhale them or inject them. You can't just, your digestive system will destroy them. I'm just like, if Willow knows you have to dilute this, you'd think Willow would know how to operate a syringe. Yeah. It seems weird that we're drinking this. The kids are gone. Yeah, they made an escape attempt. Yeah, the little boy has led them all to the basement, which I guess, sure. Even though there's a door in their room that says it goes to the basement, you'd think the monster would check there, and he does. But of course, there's a bazaar in the basement. 
There's not. No, no. But Buffy's fever's kicking in, so she sees this dude, and he's heading down to the basement. He knows that she can see him, too. Does he? He, like, tips his hat at her. Oh. He's not worried, I guess. I guess most people can't kill him. I mean, he probably doesn't know that she's a superhuman. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And adults must have fevers from time to time. Mm-hmm. The doctors and the security guard think she's, like, delusional, and they try to stop her. So Willow fakes a frog attack. Yeah, which is funny. Call back to her, like, fear of frogs. Right. Which they don't know about. <laughs> I know, but it's fun for us. Yeah. Buffy's feeling sick, obviously, and she runs into Xander. She's like, we gotta go to the basement. But it's too late. The guys found the kids, and we see how he kills. His little eyes pop out, and, like, tendrils come out of his eyes with, like, suction-y things on the end and, like, latch onto their heads. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It looks okay, too, considering. Yeah, it looks a little early 2000s, late 90s CGI-y, but it's not too much. Xander saves the kids one at a time while Buffy fights death, her fever, and the death monster. He goes to eye tendril her. I think she maybe wanted this, though, because then when he's sort of distracted with that, she just, like, snaps his neck and he dies super easily. Yeah. Xander's, like, watching this whole fight, just the Buffy half of it, because he doesn't have a fever. And then he comes over and he's like, you okay? No other questions? Like, is he dead? Yeah, because he can't see it. No. He does say that he heard, like, a snapping sound. Yeah, but that could have been, like, he stepped on an invisible branch. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it could have been. That he stepped on a similarly invisible branch. That's what I'm saying. So then Buffy, Willow, and Xander are like all in Buffy's room. Buffy's recovering. Joyce is waiting on Buffy and her friends. Pretty sure they're not sick, but Joyce is like obliging for some reason and bringing them snacks. Yeah, super weird. I don't really get that. But Buffy's got a letter and it's a picture from the little boy at the hospital and it's of her killing the death man. Aw. Sweet. And then right as the credits go, you hear like the last three notes of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And I'm like, is that the same boy from the Nightmare episode? But I looked it up and it's not. I just thought that was interesting. Mm. Um, So that's the episode. Brian, what'd you think? Is this a good episode of Buffy? Yeah, I think it's a pretty good episode. The killed by death monster isn't that exciting as a monster. I liked his face. I thought he looked scary. And, uh, really? His, his death tactic was kind of fun. I thought his death thing was kind of cool, like his eyes opening up. I thought he looked sort of generic as a villain. It's like big teeth, like, okay, top hat, <laughs> not like fedora or whatever he's wearing. Right. But I liked some of the vibe. It was very coincidental, though, that like her cousin like just happened to be killed by this monster and she happened to have seen it. Right. And that like wasn't on the Hellmouth. So it's a little weird. I want to know if there's more than one of these. Is there just one or is there like this is like a breed of creatures? Yeah, that's interesting because this wasn't the same hospital. Because if it's just one, then it's like super coincidental Then Buffy happened to see him kill her In cousin. In the place she used to live, yeah. If it's like, oh no, there's like hundreds of these. And like, okay, well, maybe he killed, that makes sense. I also like some of the drama in the episode. Xander Cordelia's relationship's interesting. So it was interesting seeing them fight. Although, like you said, sort of superficial. I don't know. I really liked the scene with Angel and Xander. Yeah, I thought that was good. And yeah, everything with Cordelia and Giles too was really funny. Yeah. But yeah, some stuff was a little stupid. Like Mm -hmm. Willow knowing about medicine conveniently. Yeah. Like in a movie, they would have justifications that were fine for all this. But because we already know these characters, they had to just sort of invent them on the fly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, overall, I do think it was a good episode. Um, Not the best episode by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought it was decent. Yeah, it was no sum assembly required. Best episode ever. (laughs) All right. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile Meanwhile on Charmed. 
Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time as Buffy and Gilmore Girls. It's a show that neither of us has ever seen. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summary. Stacey, what happened on Charmed this week? Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 2, Episode 18, Chick Flick, a demon emancipates celluloid monsters from the confines of the silver screen to kill Phoebe, Piper, and Prue. Guest star, Chris Payne Gilbert. Okay, so I'm guessing that this episode, and by guessing I mean I'm probably right, because I think most of my, if not all my guesses so far have been right. We've gotten a lot of emails. You've been mostly right about most things, yes. Celluloid is like what film is shot on. And so um, I I think that this is taking the monsters out of a movie. Specifically, I'm going to guess it's like the Wolfman and Frankenstein and Dracula. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool that it's like vampires in this episode. Not normal monsters that they're used to dealing with, like dark lighters and... Warlocks and demons that can time travel. Right. However, this is called Chick Flick, which makes me wonder if it's not like a normal monster like the Wolfman, more like... Oh, like the bad boyfriend? Yeah, just like the boyfriend in 80s movies, the Robert Downey Jr. in Weird Science. Sure. Whoever the bad guy is in Pretty in Pink, I have not seen this movie. Or 16 Candles is what I meant. But being liberated from their movie world, they're now killers? Yeah, they're lady killers in the movies. It makes sense that they're lady killers literally outside of the movie. Mm -hmm. This feels like a Buffy episode. Yeah, I'm surprised she's not on here, but instead they have guest star Chris Payne Gilbert. But this is all done by a demon. So I think probably the girls like go up to the counter and they're like, um, excuse me, we think you might have a demon working in your projection booth. Mm. And the manager's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'll go check on that. And he's like, you were right. So then they, they just have like free tickets to this movie theater for the rest of the run of the show. But weirdly, he doesn't fire the demon. So they like never go because they didn't have a good time. Right. Bunch of the audience got killed. Yeah. By the lady killers. This has been Meanwhile Uncharted. And then we watched Gilmore Girls. Brian, what happened in Back in the Saddle again? So this episode's about Richard like trying to find his place after retirement. Still. Yeah. Tell me about it. And also about Rory, like, dealing with her relationship issues with Dean. Still. Tell me about it. And I think that's it. Yeah. So the episode opens on Friday night dinner. Everyone's hungry. They're in a bad mood. They're all waiting for Richard. He's coming any moment. They're staring lustily at a roast. He shows up eventually wearing, like, a mechanic outfit. I guess he's been working at some, like, old car. Emily's furious that he took so long that he's not ready. But then also that he's just, like, wasting his time on all kinds of, like, dumb little things, like, working on this car. Yeah. I kind of want to just yell at Emily, like, four episodes ago you were, like, freaking out about how he's spending too much time with you. And now that he's got things, you're like, I don't like the things you have. You should have fewer things. It's like, well, he's retired. Let him do what he wants. It is kind of rude that he's late to dinner, though. I agree with you on that. Being that late to dinner is, like, ridiculous. Especially when he's just, like, working on a car. He comes in and tells them to start. She's like, we will not start until you clean and sitting. Send this food away, maid. Whose name's not used because I won't remember it tomorrow. Richard seems annoyed that she's annoyed. I don't really know why. That didn't really get explained. I think he's annoyed by anything that's expected of him that he didn't think was going to be expected of him. But this was expected of him. Yeah, I agree, actually. You're right. Lorelai has uh, some funny lines in this scene. Like what? Well, she says, like, Godot already came and left. Yeah. That was funny. So the next scene's at Luke's diner. They walk in and they find out that there's a brand new special. Oh my God, Luke never writes specials on the board. Luke comes over and he's like, tell me what you want. She's like, I want the special. And he's like, no, you don't. She's like, yes, I do. And then she like essentially makes him make a totally different food. So he's pissed about it. It's an omelet that she makes just eggs, basically. Can I just point out that she purposefully trolled Luke and like made a million modifications to his omelet? You can point that out. But when Kirk wanted her to pour like two coffees into his cup, that's just absurd. You got Lorelai, Brian. I got you, Lorelai. Rory recognizes that the sign is in Jess's handwriting. 
because he wrote in the margins of that book he stole. I have a lot to talk about right here. Number one, there's no way he writes in big block letters in your books. I went back and looked at it. It is like pristine. <laughs> like yeah. it looks is kind of in like a cursive, but it looks like professionally printed. It, it's no one's handwriting. Yeah, it's not any. If you write like that normally, then that must take you all day to get through a paragraph. Yeah, and it's like bright and colorful, like huge block text. I don't think he wrote this way in the margins of your book, Rory. Also, it's the whole margins, if he is. They're very thick letters. <laughs> Just says omelet over and over again. <laughs> I also want to point out this, because I thought this was weird. Lorelai, it might be a different scene, but Lorelai at some point says, like, oh, he, like, vandalized your books? And Rory's all like, oh, no, it's people writing the margins, which, you know, people do write margins of books, but you don't borrow someone's book and then condescend to them by writing in the margins. Like, hey, I bet you didn't notice these insights I've had. They're important. But Rory loves them. But I don't know this is bad writing because, like you just pointed out, I think that she's kind of like, you know, whatever is justifiable because she likes them. Yeah, she finds this, like, romantic, it seems. Which it, it could be. But, I mean, I feel like she'll start making excuses for whatever he does because she likes him. Speaking of which, then Dean shows up and it's like, oh, can I sit here with you? And she's all like, oh, yeah, of course. It's no big deal. Like, everything's fine. Like, we're going to be together forever. Like, seven seasons in a movie, you and me. <laughs> and it's so clear from this interaction that she's over Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they made that choice this episode. I mean, she's nice to him, right? I mean, she's like, yeah, who is it? But it's like, no, she's over him completely. Then at school, it's group project time. Rory is running like a little economics class project. I don't know what class this is for. Yeah, it's economics. They're, they're doing some kind of like business fair where they have to come up with a product to market to high school kids. Yeah, I've done stuff like this before uh, in class, not in real life. Sounds kind of fun. So they're in class. Rory's running her group, which includes Paris and Madeline and uh, Luis. But then what's his face shows up? What's his name? Brad. Brad. Brad Wickers. Yeah, I don't know that we know his last name, but it could be Wickers. Vickers is what I meant, and I was referencing Resident Evil um, 2 and 3. But Brad shows up. Remember Brad who, like, left the school and had, like, a panic attack when he made eye contact with Paris during the debate? He's back. At first, I thought it was a flaw when he shows up, but then he justifies it. Yeah, his psychiatrist told his parents he needs to face his fears, and his rabbi agreed. Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. And then Paris, can we talk about Paris for a second? You always do. She does this thing constantly in the show where she yells at someone for, like, talking too much, and her tirade is, like, three minutes long. Yeah. She's like, well, you know, you talking about your rabbis a bit much right now. And it's like, you just, you don't need to comment. We're already done talking. It's like, let's focus on what we're doing. Yeah. She's so mean to him. Yeah, she's so mean to him. She's mean to everybody. Very mean to him. So they're going to come back in a couple of days with their ideas for a product that they're going to try to market. But they need a parent advisor. Mm -hmm. Paris is like, dad can do it via pre-Skype or whatever they had back then. This is funny because it's like a hard no from Rory. Yeah. She's like, oh, we'd have to do it over whatever was before Zoom. That would <laughs> yeah. be impossible. Yeah. I mean, I guess the time zone thing might make it difficult, but it just seemed like her dad's willing to do it. Yeah. Her dad probably knows what the hell he's talking about. But- Someone's dad is like in court. All kinds of funny reasons why parents can't do it. So they land on Lorelai. And Rory's like, my mom can't. But I'm kind of like, yeah, she can. I don't know why she couldn't. Her mom's not like a marketing person, but still, it doesn't really matter. They just need an adult to be there pretty much. So maybe they'll find one this episode. I doubt it. Yeah, there's no way. Speaking of Lorelai, at the end, in the next scene, we see Suki making meringue. And I can tell you, as someone who's made a meringue now, I can't imagine doing it by hand. That would take forever. She was counting. Yeah, and she was on 
like 40 and it looked way thicker than when I use a machine to do it. And then she immediately throws it when she finds out that her wedding invitations have arrived. You could tell one of the actors got hit with it and like was not expecting it. (laughs) I mean, he acts fine, but you could just see him kind of like, oh, okay, well, I'm covered. Okay. I laughed. But the invitations are wrong. So she calls and just starts like yelling over the phone at whoever the invitation people are. They say Susie instead of Suki. Yeah, that's terrible, man. That is, that's bad. No, I did say it like it wasn't a big deal, but obviously you can't send those out, so it is a big deal. But in the scene, we also find out that Michelle's mom is visiting. And he's excited about that, which Lorelai does not comprehend. He gets along with his mom? He's excited to see his mom? What? Rory shows up at the end and asks her mom if she can do the advising. Lorelai's like, I really don't want to. Maybe you could ask my dad, your grandpa. He's not doing anything. It cuts immediately to Rory at her grandpa's house. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I was in the neighborhood. Like, you were not. You were just in Stars Hollow. And your grandpa lives by your school where Mm -hmm. you just were before. So is this the same day? It has to be the next day. Even though the cut definitely makes it seem like it's like the next place she goes. Because then she's like, my mom's expecting me at the inn. And I was like, did you tell your mom you were going to the bathroom and then drove to your grandparents' house? Like, I mean, you did that kind of shit to Dean a couple episodes ago. Yeah. He's like, I thought we were going to a movie and you like went home. When she asked Richard if he can do it, they mentioned that it's short notice, but I rewatched the scene and they never say when it is. No. That's funny. Like, she never says it's tomorrow or in a month, but he's like, well, it is short notice. I was planning on doing a lot for the next 10 years, and I assume it's within <laughs> that time. He's got all kinds of excuses, though, for why he can't help Rory with her project. Yeah, because he's got uh, nothing happening and then a little of nothing else going on. Why doesn't he ask Dean to come look at his car? Yeah. I bet Richard could tell that Rory's just over Dean. He's just like, oh, Dean's out pretty soon. I wonder if Richard wasn't inspired by Dean. Yeah. Emily comes out and like bullies Richard for saying no. Then he hilariously plays classical music to drown her out. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's kind of right. Like, what are you doing, Richard? Rory clearly wants you to do this. I hate to say that Emily's right. I don't, it just feels wrong to say. But yeah, she is. I guess I I do want to couch that a little bit. Like, Rory makes it very clear that, it, like, it's totally fine if he says no. Yeah. I also don't know that Rory would, like, let them know she was sad about it. She's not very good at, like, telling her feelings to them. Mm-hmm. Or to anyone. She tells Lorelai. She doesn't tell Dean. No. Speaking of Dean. Dean. Rory's walking with Lane. She's really upset about her career aptitude test. She's taken it like four times and keeps saying she needs to do sales. And they run across Dean. And he's all like, where are you going? I thought we were going to hang out tonight. Maybe we can hang out now. Come to my game. Yeah, you said that you should be coming to my games more. You could do your homework at my game. You're making him sound like he's mad, but he's got more like golden retriever energy here. Yeah, he does. <laughs> come to my game. Huh? Do you want to come to my game? You want to come to my game? His game is frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> I want to always see you in the corner of my eye so I know what you're doing. So you're not with Jess. I mean, whatever. And she's like, um, how about we just hang out later? Like, we said? Yeah, I I guess. Just like, dude, you're going to hang out tonight. Like, your last minute trying to make her go to your game. Who cares? Also, baseball sucks to watch. I mean, you guys probably like baseball out there. I mean, baseball's great. Then Michelle's mom shows up. And you can tell from her accent that her and Michelle both come from fake France. <laughs> I liked them together, actually. I thought they were pretty fun. She's the original mom from Fresh Prince. Oh, really? Yeah, because I looked up her age because I thought she looked too young to be Michelle's mom, and she is 14 years older than him. But in France, that's normal. Yeah, yeah. Rory's only 16 years younger than her mom, but 14's pushing it a little. She loves Lorelai. She thinks she has beautiful eyes. Lorelai's like, will you be my mom? And I'm like, nope, she's only like 10 years older than you. (laughs) 
I do think it's crazy, though, that, like, Michelle and his mother don't speak any French. Yeah. They, like, do briefly when they greet each other, but then they immediately just, like, switch to English. And they're, like, talking to each other, too. It's not like they're talking to a group of people or they need people to hear what they're saying and understand. They're just like, oh, my God, you're, like, too much. It's like they would say that in French, I would imagine. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, Lorelai's in front of them sometimes, but not the whole time. It just, I feel like they should have thrown in, like, just a sentence or two more in French, and then I would have been fine with them speaking English. Yeah. Richard changed his mind, and he shows up in the next scene at the school to be part of the project, although he looks a little, like, maybe he's not super interested? I don't know. There's a couple of ideas. Luis says that, hey, we could put a tracking device on your lipstick, lip gloss. It seems like a rather expensive thing to be putting on your lip gloss. Yeah, and also this is a thing now. This is just Tile, the app Tile, where you can, like, put things on things you lose a lot and hit a button and find it. Right. Madeline suggests building a locker robot. And then Rory's like, but we'd have to build it because we actually have to make whatever we're selling. And she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. None of us know how to do that. But he looks like he should know how to build one, pointing to Brad. And he's like, well, I've never built a robot. And Louise is like, but you've tried, haven't you? And he's like, yes. That was very funny. I'm glad he's back. I feel like he's going to date Paris at some point. Brad? Yeah. I feel like he's not, though, because I feel like you forgot he was still in the show, unless that was, like, fake or something, but... Mm-hmm. You've lied to me. I've never lied to you. Of course, Paris is, like, super double crazy prepared. She's got binders for everybody. She wants to do, like, a first aid kit for teens to put in their lockers. Her whole idea is, like, make them purple and kids will like them. At first, I love this because Richard just starts being like, well, why would anyone do that? And I'm like, get her, Richard. Get her. Let the dogs out. I want to hear you tear her apart with reason and logic. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dogs in our building just started barking. <laughs> well, they know what it means when daddy's home. He um, also said, let the dogs out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but then he just like flips the switch and is like, nope, this is a great idea. I'm on board. Paris, you're awesome. Let's be friends. When Rory finally gets home at like six, she's got all these messages from Dean. 14 messages from Dean. They're all like, I called you 15 minutes ago. Why aren't you calling me back? Which is, like, crazy. Like, I know this is, like, pre-cell phones and, uh, well, not pre-cell phone, but pre-everyone has a cell phone, pre-texting. Like, yeah, this just wouldn't be an issue now. They would just be texting constantly. So I get the frustration of being like, why isn't she picking up? But, like, at some point you have to be like, ooh, I've left five messages now? Like, that's a lot. That seems desperate. I feel like you need to wait at least an hour to, like, follow up on a phone call. Yeah, like, a ton of things could happen on her way home. Maybe, like, Lane was like, hey, can you come over and do this thing for me? Like, Lane probably always does every day. Mm-hmm. She's got, like, secret missions to keep from her mother. But then one of the messages is like, oh, I forgot you're getting home late. Dean, you're dumb. But then he still keeps calling. Yeah, yeah, then he immediately just starts calling again. So Lorelai, like, tries to pry a bit, I feel, to figure out, like, why Dean's being so insecure. Yeah. Lorelai knows, but she's like trying to get Rory to say it, I think. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Angry. She's kind of like, you want to say that you're like flirting a lot with Jess? And Rory's like, no, everything's great. We haven't fought at all. So the next meeting of the economic club or whatever (laughs) class group is at Richard's house. Paris opens the door and she's in a great mood. She's like Bessie's with Richard now. I guess she like showed up early to help him out. They reveal the product. It's cute, but it's huge. Yeah, it seems way too big for what they're saying. It seems like it's going to take up a lot of space in the locker. It's like about the size of a locker, like the same square. 
especially like a gym locker, it's like the same size. This would be a good gift if you lived in Sunnydale, because if you're in the locker room, you're probably going to get beat up by like an invisible person. So you probably want a first aid kit. There's so much more going on in this first aid kit now, though. It's like a CD case and like a picture frame. Like you can opt to put whatever you want in it. But I'm like, where's the first aid stuff going? Yeah. And also like since space is important, maybe don't have the CD holder. 10 CD. Yeah. That's got to take up a lot of space. Not to mention the lockbox. What? This is just a suitcase now. Yeah, no, this is a locker. This is just another locker. <laughs> Richard does make a big deal of being like, you could sit at the head of the table because you're in charge, Rory. Even though clearly Richard and Paris are like running all of this. Yeah. Emily comes in and she's all like, what's going on? Do you guys want some snacks? Do you guys want me to like give you little cuddles? And Richard's like, we're having a meeting. I kind of do think it's crazy that Emily shows up. I don't know. It seems a little like it doesn't fit her character either. Like she would respect that they're having a business meeting. I don't know. Yeah. I think she's excited he's doing something that's not the car. Yeah, that's true. But he is like, get out of here, woman. The children are working. (laughs) But he's like loving this. He's like super in his element. And Emily's like proud. But Emily like not so subtly says to like Roy, like he's smiling everyone at the table <laughs> you're right she does like whisper it in my her ear. husband's sad until right now everybody <laughs> things aren't good things are bad but maybe they're good because of you kids enjoy the snacks please win i can't have him be suicidal in his office again if he sits in that chair again he's gonna kill himself then we see Lorelai coming home, and she noticed that Dean is there washing the car he built. He's just waiting for Rory, and he thought, I'll just clean this car, because it's a nice thing to do for her. He's talking like a mile a minute here. He's full puppy. Yeah, total crazy puppy. Lorelai's like, let's talk inside. He's like, no, no, I can hang out here. No, no, let's talk inside. Let's talk inside, you dumb little puppy. Yeah, Dean needs a planner. This is like the second day in a row he forgot that Rory had her after school plans. Yep, suddenly he's like, oh, I forgot. It's like, Dean, do you do drugs? You need a calendar. Half your relationship problems are time management problems. It's really true. But Lorelai's like, hey, everything's going great between you and my daughter, but I think you're just maybe messaging too much. You know, give her a little space. Play a little harder to get. She acknowledges that he seems to think he's losing her, so he's, like, trying too hard. Yeah, and she tries to assure him that it's in his head. Does she know that, though? Is this wrong of her? I mean, it's not so wrong, like, oh, my God, this is scandalous, but I do feel like she's kind of saying stuff she doesn't know, you know? She's like, things can be the way they were. And it's true, like, if he keeps doing what he's doing, it's not going to make Rory feel better about it. Yeah. So it is good advice to back off a bit. Definitely good advice. I feel like her reassurance, though, is like, that's empty. Like, you don't know that. And I feel like that's not true. I feel like it's over no matter what he does. Yeah. It's a lot of conversations between Lorelai and just Dean. That's weird. Yeah, they do have like a bond. That's interesting. He's like, don't tell I was here. And then I hope he goes and rinses the car off. They left it real soapy. (laughs) So I don't know what day it is anymore. No. Much like Dean, I need a a Star's Hollow calendar. (laughs) But days seem to have passed and Suki is still on the phone. She's still on the phone. She's still angry. And Michelle's also angry because Lorelai at some point earlier let it slip that it's great to see Michelle eating carbs because normally he doesn't. He's always trying to cut out calories and that made a huge fight between him and his mother and it literally ruined their relationship but Lorelai is like pleased that their relationship is now like a child mother relationship should be yeah I mean I I feel bad for Michelle I love Michelle. He's my favorite. He's your favorite? No, he's not. <laughs> I feel like you do like Michelle, though. I do. He's, like, mean, but part of me is, like, sometimes Lorelai's also mean, so it's nice that someone's mean back to her. Yeah. Then it's finally the business fair. 
They're very confident that they're going to win. All the other projects suck. Yeah, that's what they all say. That's what Richard essentially says. Someone mentions that the uh, locker, locker alarm seems pretty good. And they're like, no, that's garbage. I liked on their display, they have like a computer screen with like a rotating image of their product. It just felt so that time period, yeah. like early 2000s screensaver technology. So the judge of the event is the headmaster, who of course knows Richard and they have a nice talk. And Richard talks about how excited he is to have free time to like do stuff like this. And the headmaster, I feel like he's sort of gives him like a judgy like mm-hmm. oh this is what you're doing with your free time okay whatever must be cool to be retired so you can do things like this you dumb old man yeah and richard like takes this badly does he though yeah he they're like oh we'll have our wives be in touch and make plans for dinner and richard is like okay you do that no i thought you were saying that like cool cool we're we're good oh no i felt like richard was upset at him in that moment for sure hmm interesting I felt like it was all coming from the headmaster, but I uh, maybe I'm misremembering. I think Richard picked up on the shade from the headmaster and then was sassy back to him after he left. The headmaster gets up there and he's like, everyone was great, but uh, locker alarm was the greatest. And they went, Richard's furious. He's so mad. He's like, I'm going to go tell them to do a recount. This is absurd. Roy's like, please, please don't. There's no reason to. We'll still get a good grade. Don't, you don't need to do that. And he's like, well, I'm going to. And he goes up there and he starts yelling at the headmaster, just like making a big scene, which at one point in the show, I thought was uncharacteristic of Richard. But apparently it is a regular characteristic yeah. of Richard to do big public scenes. Just becoming part of him. He starts like yelling at the guy like, you know, you made a mistake. Let's do a recount. Headmaster's like, mm, well, I did the counts. So let me recount. Mm, it's still one. So you lose still. Maybe you have your wife call my wife to make dinner plans. Mm, okay, you do that. One of the kids told me you're not doing well. Emily doesn't whisper very soft. <laughs> That's a perfect headmaster impression. Mm, I'm your headmaster. Kind of. It's not that raw. <laughs> <laughs> And the headmaster's like, you know, you're saying it's about the kids, but they're not the ones making a scene right now. And Rich is all like, oh, no, you didn't. What? But then it's Friday night dinner. So it's. It must good. be Friday, right? Yeah, it's a Friday. We know that. But in Stars Hollow, it could be two months. from It could be a, pr- a previous Friday. Emily answers the door like sad mad. I am learning. I love the part of the show when Emily or the maid answers the door and we gauge the mood of the <laughs> evening in just like two seconds. Yeah. They're very good at that. Yeah, I agree. She's worried about Richard. He came home very upset, and he hasn't left his study. He's in there moping again. And Lorelai suggests that Richard see a psychiatrist. And Emily's all like, what? That's crazy. You gonna what, Next, should be telling me that I need to see one. It's like, yeah, you do. Maybe she should. Yeah, I wish I could afford one. Yeah, um, she just really scoffs at this idea. It's 20 years ago at this point, but even then, I feel like it was more acceptable to like go to therapy. I don't know. I feel like Emily's generation, maybe not. No, I agree with you about that. That's true. But so many of these characters really probably need to. Like most of these characters. But then Richard shows up, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and he's super excited. He's very excited because he's deciding he's going to go into business for himself. What? He realized he doesn't like retirement. He's bored. Maybe he'll teach. That was funny. Lorelai's like, what? He's like, you don't have to say it like that. (laughs) She's like, sorry. What? (laughs) Yeah, that was actually very funny. So whatever way she said what the second time was insane. (laughs) What a weird choice. I know we disagree. Sometimes I feel like Lorelai's jokes aren't that funny, but both of those jokes were very funny in this Mm -hmm. episode. You also laughed a lot when Richard said, what's for dinner? And Emily's like, what do you mean, what's for dinner? He's like, well, I thought the question was clear. but Yeah, I know. It was just like this. What are you talking about, Emily? I'll say it again. But yeah, he doesn't know what he's going to do yet, but he's going to figure something out. Maybe he's going to take on a partner or go into consulting. Is he going to work with Paris? <laughs> yes. Paris is going to drive out of high school and be Richard's new business partner. It'll be him, Paris, and 
Rob, what's the kid's name? Brad. Brad. On the way home, Lorelai's like, how are things with Dean? Is he calling less? Rory's like, yeah, he's calling less. It's great. He like just paged her and Lorelai's like, oh, you want to use my phone and call him? She's like, no, I mean, I'll call him tomorrow. I miss him though. He's been calling less. I have time to miss him. Tonight I'm hanging out with Lane. Yeah. Lorelai's like, well, it's still early, which again, what time is it? Wait, 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 wait. We need to (laughs) see what happened here. They're on their way home from Friday night dinner, and Rory's like, I'm going to hang out with Lane. And I freaked out. Yeah, this was so funny. <laughs> like two episodes ago, you called Lane from the beginning of Friday night dinner, and her mom was like, no, Lane can't talk after nine. And now you're going to hang out with Lane? After Friday night dinner? After driving home? It's certainly 10 p.m. right now. And I just, I explained all this to Brian. You made me pause it because you were mad. <laughs> we unpaused. And Lorelai's like, Lane can hang out after nine? I thought yeah, she could- Funny. It was so funny. It's so funny because Stacey has this like ability because you, you're a writer and you, you're very good at this where you're just like, this is the part in the script where you need to tell us the next bit of information. And so many times I'll say that aloud and then it immediately The next line of dialogue is like, and here's the information that we know you need now. Yeah. Like, where's the dad? We need the dad. And then dad will walk in the room be like, dad's here. Daddy's home. Daddy's home, everyone. I didn't want to set you up for that. That was not intentional. Oh, I loved it. I'm not naming this episode Daddy's Home. <laughs> but Lane's mom is out of town, so Lane's got some freedom. That's how this is happening. But yeah, she's going to meet Lane to catch up on all the music they've missed. Whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a huge music guy, but whatever that means. They might do it at Luke's. What time is it? It seems like he's like closing up when they come home from Friday Night Dinner. Lorelai is against all this, though. She's all like, well, you're going to Luke's? You just ate. And Rory's like, no, I didn't eat that much. She's like, you don't want to call Dean back? She's like, I'll call Dean back tomorrow. We all know... And Lorelai knows she wants to go to Luke's to spend time with Jess. Mm-hmm. She's or hoping like, Jess is there. Hope to glimpse him. Yeah. You know what that's like. I mean, I do. <laughs> yeah. like you. I've seen Jess. The guy's hot, man. <laughs> well, I just mean like you have a crush on someone. You just like walk by the place they might be in hopes you might see them. Oh, and yeah. Make eye contact for two seconds. Yeah. In like high school, it's just like, oh, you're going to be at that party? Well, maybe I'll just stop by. You think those things. You don't say them to that person. No, 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 no. So Lorelai drops off her daughter and she goes home to find Dean sitting on the porch, which is already annoying because it's like, dude, what are you doing? Did you not know she had Friday night dinner? It's every fucking Friday. Well, he probably knows what time they get home. That's true. Did he come to hang out with Rory and then when she doesn't get out of the car, he's like... Fuck. Yeah, maybe, but like, maybe you need to stop stopping by unannounced, man. Yeah. Like, we already had this conversation. It's true. What you said does make sense. He's maybe waiting for her, but it was like, didn't we already talk about how that's weird and like obsessive? Does Dean become a killer? Then we have kind of an impactful scene, right? Because he says to Lorelai, she likes Jess, doesn't she? And, and Lorelai doesn't, doesn't say no. no. That wasn't planned either. We did not plan that. No. And then Dean, Charlie Brown, walks away. And then Dean slowly sets himself on fire. He sits down in Richard's study chair. (laughs) We talked about how Jess um, wasn't in this episode, but Jess was like in this episode. Yeah, it's like in a movie that takes place in New York and you're like, it's almost like New York's a character. Mm -hmm. It's like Jess was a character that wasn't there, but was very much there. We felt his presence. Yeah. 
I thought it was all really well done, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, Lorelai knows, and she's, like, doing her best to keep everyone happy. Mm-hmm. Like, she seems super Team Dean. Like, I think yeah. she doesn't want her to be with Jess, so she's, like, trying to not meddle too much, but is, like, doing what she can to fix that relationship. Yeah, because with Dean, it's like, oh, yeah, he's a boy. He could get in trouble with her, but she, I think, is gauged that he's not a bad guy. Yeah. And even if he does maybe want to try to, like, make a move on Rory, he's never going to force her or, like, put her in an uncomfortable position, you know? And she's not trying to, like, tell Rory what to do too much. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Rory is even really aware that her mom knows what's going on with Jess. I mean, I don't know. I, I get that same vibe, yeah. The show is telling the audience that Lorelai knows, yeah, but yeah. I don't think Rory knows that Lorelai knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when I was Rory's age, I definitely thought I was, like, keeping my private life from my parents. I wonder if they could, like, tell who I was into and when my relationships were ending and things like that. I had a pretty embarrassingly emo blog that I kept that I did not realize <laughs> my parents uh, knew about. Which I found also when we first started dating. My parents knew it was going on with me, I guess. So Stace, what did you think about this episode? Do you think it was a good one? I actually kind of did. Yeah? Yeah. There wasn't a ton wrong with it. All that tension was like, what's going to happen with Dean and Rory? I mean, Dean was annoying, mm-hmm. but talking about it now, it's, it's really interesting to... To see what they're doing with, like, Lorelai's character, trying to sort this all out for her daughter. Yeah. And uh, I thought the Richard stuff was all pretty fun. Uh-huh. I agree. And it's nice to see that he's not going to be Moby anymore, because the retirement didn't seem to suit him very well. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this is one that's, like, on the list of episodes of Gilmore Girls you gotta see before you die. Right. But it wasn't bad at all. It was good. It was funny. I laughed a lot. It's interesting how they're trying to, like, make it so Dean isn't, like, the best boyfriend, but, like, in a way that's, like, true to what they've already set up about Dean. They set up that he's a good guy who loves Rory and isn't going to hurt her. So the only way they can really make him, like, dumpable is by making him, like, just too obsessive. We talked a little bit, too, how we've both kind of been Dean at one point or another. Yeah. Like, you can kind of feel Mm -hmm. the breakup coming and you're like, what do I do? I got broken up with at a homecoming. Sure, I blogged about it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> did I? <laughs> I don't remember. I do remember a breakup that you thought you would, like, never find anyone better or anyone ever again. I know. I never have. Yeah. Um, You're still looking. <laughs> it was a girl I met in, like, freshman year, and she went to a different school, and I met her at a party that I purposefully didn't wear my glasses to so that I would seem more attractive, and it worked. But every time I hung out, I had to, like, take my glasses off and not be able to see. So it was difficult. Yeah, I mean, none of that. You were really set up to succeed. No. No. So, Brian, which episode do you think was better? This is so tough, man. It is tough. A lot of the same things I liked about Buffy were like the same kind of things I liked about this episode of Gilmore. The story of this episode, Richard helping out at the school, right? The story of Buffy of like, oh, the monster of the week's this invisible dude. Those were fine stories, and I think they were executed fine. But what I actually really liked about it was the other drama stuff that didn't seem to be the main focus, but, like, was the most important, almost. Mm -hmm. The Dean stuff, or the, like, love stuff between Xander, Angel, Buffy, Cordelia... Yeah, Willow got left out of the love stuff this time. She did, she did. But, like, that scene with Angel, like, talking to Xander was, like, really powerful, I feel like. God, Angel's so good at acting now. What happened? (laughs) I didn't like him before. He's just, like, a huge asshole in real life, so he's like, I don't know how to act nice. I don't know. Do you squint? If they wanted him to be a nice character and it wasn't working out, they're like, can we change this and make him a dick? He's a dick on set. If we just change the character. (laughs) David Boreanaz, I don't know if you're a dick. That was just a joke. I know you listen to our podcast every week. You love it. So, uh, it's really tough. For me, with Gilmore Girls, the really good drama was that last little bit. I thought that moment was going to be a couple episodes ago when they're looking in at Rory and Jess in the diner. I knew this line was coming. But as soon as I saw Laura, like, get home, I was like, oh, this is it. There's so many lines like that in this show where I'm like, oh, 
that gets you right between the titties. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't feel anything. I'm going to go Gilmore Girls, I guess. It's really close for me. Yeah, same. I mean, we before we sat down, we were like, I honestly don't know. But I do think I'm also going to go Gilmore Girls. Because there was a few things about Buffy that were just slightly dumb mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like plot holy. And yeah. I don't know that there were really many flaws with Gilmore Girls in that regard this week. But yeah, it's, it's super close. It's basically a tie. No, I, even in this review, was starting to think maybe Buffy. But really thinking about that last couple scenes, it's just like, yeah, I think I got to go Gilmore. Yeah. What was strongest about Buffy for me was the comedy. Yeah, I thought the comedy was really good. I didn't care that much about the Xander and Cordelia relationship stuff just because I don't think that's going to last. Oh, okay. I I did spoil something for you already, I guess. What's her face? Kendra? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, also just fucking season two. They're not going to stay together forever. They're at least going to break up at some point if they end up married. Yeah, I mean, if I hadn't already kind of spoiled the Kendra-Xander stuff, then... I fully don't expect, no matter what you said, I wouldn't expect them to stay together. Xander's going to half get with Willow at some point. He might half get with Buffy. He's going to half get with Willow at some point? Yeah, they're not going to mate. <laughs> Xander has like his talents in so many different women. He's not settling down with this woman he barely trusts. I do. I, I think both seasons, we've already said this, are, are getting good. They're both ramping up. Very invested in both shows. I mean, obviously I love Buffy. I always have. But I think Gilmore Girls is also very good. Yeah. I think the last bits of both seasons are going to be great. If you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 19, Teach Me Tonight. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 19, I Only Have Eyes for You. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast. Do you think Richard knew the headmaster? was throwing shade? Did I spoil relationship for you when I talked about Kendra and Xander? I'm sorry, everybody. Do you think there's more than one death monster? Did you think his costume was good? Would you buy that locker first aid kit? Let us know. You can reach out to us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content. And for comedy content not related to the podcast, you can follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y, Stacy with an E-Y. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy, Or you can send us a good old-fashioned email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we'll give you a shout-out on our next episode. All right. We should go let the cat out of the bedroom. And the dog's out because, uh, daddy's, daddy's home. home. <laughs> See you next week, guys. Bye.